Chapter 4 of Bob the Castaway or The Wreck of the Eagle by Frank V. Webster. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nigel Boydell. Chapter 4 Talking It Over. Captain Spark was invited to spend a week or more at the Henderson home. He was up bright and early the next morning, in fact, before anyone else, and Bob, hearing someone moving around downstairs, and knowing his father and mother were not in the habit of having such an early breakfast, descended to see who it was. "'Good morning, my lad,' greeted the mariner. "'I suppose you're going to take the morning watch and holy stone the decks. Nothing like being active when you're young. It will keep you from getting old.' "'Yes, sir.' replied Bob, for he did not know what else to say. "'Haven't got any more tic-tacs, have you?' And there was a twinkle in the captain's eyes. "'No, sir.' "'That's right. If you've got to play tricks, do it on somebody your size. Then it's fair. Don't scare lone widows.' "'I won't do it again,' promised Bob, who felt a little ashamed of his prank of the previous night. Soon Mrs. Henderson came downstairs to get breakfast, and when the meal was over, Bob got ready for school, Mr. Henderson leaving for his work in the woollen mill. When Bob was safely out of the way, Captain Spark once more brought up before Mrs. Henderson the proposition he had made the night before. "'Well, Lucy,' he said, for he called Mrs. Henderson by her first name, "'Have you thought over what I said about taking Bob to sea?' "'Yes, I have.' "'And what do you think of it?' "'Well, to tell you the truth, I don't like the idea.' "'Why not? I'm sure it would be good for him.' "'It might. I'm sure you mean it well, but I couldn't bear to have him go.' "'It will make a man of him. Cure him of some of his foolish ways, I'm sure.' "'Perhaps it would.' Bob is very wild, I know, but I think I have more influence over him than anyone else. He will do anything for me, or for his father either, for that matter. I am afraid if Bob got away from our influence, he would be worse than he is now. Oh, we have a few good influences aboard the Eagle, said the captain with a grim smile. Only we don't call them influences. We call them rope ends, or cat nine tails, or a belaying pin. I've known a limber rope's end applied in the right place to do more good to a boy than lots of medicine. Oh, but, Captain, I couldn't have Bob beaten. No, of course not. I was only joking. Not that it doesn't do a boy good, though, once in a while, to have a good tanning. But I don't reckon it for a steady diet. Bob's father has never whipped him since he was a small lad, went on Mrs. Henderson. Not that he doesn't seem to deserve it sometimes, even now. But Mr. Henderson believes in talking to him and showing him how wrong he has acted. Yes, talk is good, admitted the mariner. But if there's a rope's end handy, it sometimes makes the talk a little more effective. Just a little bit. I suppose life aboard a sailing ship is very hard nowadays, ventured Mrs. Henderson. Somehow she dwelt on the plan of having the captain take Bob, though she felt she could not consent to it. No harder than it ever was. In fact, it's easier than when I was a boy and ran away to sea. 
Those were hard days, and I've never forgot them. That's why I try to treat all my sailors and cabin boys as if they were human beings. Now you'd better think my plan over. It would do Bob a world of good to go to sea. You'd hardly know him when he got back. Oh, I don't know what to do, said Bob's mother. No, I don't think I can consent. He might be drowned, and I would never forgive myself. I don't believe his father would consent either. Well, think it over, advised the captain. I'm going to be in this port for some time. We're loading for a trip around Cape Horn, and it will take two weeks or more to get in shape. There's time enough to decide between now and then. I don't believe I could ever consent, declared Mrs. Henderson. I think Bob will settle down pretty soon and give up playing pranks. I don't, said the captain to himself. That boy is too full of mischief. He needs a sea voyage to soak some of it out of him. But that's the way with mothers. Well, I'll wait a while. I think something may happen to make her change her mind before I sail. The captain did not know what a good prophet he was. When Bob came home from school at noontime, he was surprised to see his mother and Captain Spark in earnest conversation. At first Bob thought the mariner might be telling of the escapade of the tic-tac, but when his mother made a warning gesture of silence to Captain Spark on beholding Bob, the boy was puzzled. They must have been talking about me, he decided. But what could it be? I don't think he would tell about the tic-tac, but there's certainly something queer afoot. The truth was that the captain was renewing his plan of taking Bob to sea. Had the boy known of it, he would have been much surprised, for he never dreamed of such a thing. "'How did you get along at school today?' asked Captain Spark as Mrs. Henderson went out to get dinner. "'Pretty well.' "'Didn't put any bent pins on the teacher's chair, did you?' "'No, sir.' The boy hoped the captain would not ask him what other prank he had been up to, for the truth was that Bob had that morning taken a live mouse to the classroom, releasing it during a study period, and nearly sending the woman teacher and the girl pupils into hysterics. His part had not been discovered, but the teacher had threatened to keep the whole class of boys in that night until the guilty one confessed, and Bob knew he would have to tell sooner or later if some of his companions did not squeal on him, in order that they might be released from suspicion. "'That's right,' went on the mariner. "'Never put bent pins in the teacher's chair.' As Bob feared, someone during the afternoon session told of his part in the mouse episode, and he was the only one kept in. The teacher made him stay while she corrected a lot of examination papers, and in the silent schoolroom the boy began to wish he had not been so fond of a joke. The teacher, who was a kind-hearted woman, talked seriously to her rather wild pupil, pointing out that it was a cowardly thing for a boy to frighten girls. Bob had never looked at it in just that light, and he was pretty well ashamed of himself when he was allowed to go home, with an admonition that he must mend his ways or be liable to expulsion. "'I'll bet he's been up to some mischief, Lucy,' said Captain Spark, when Bob came home quite late that afternoon. "'Perhaps he has. I hope it was nothing serious.' "'Shall I ask him what it was?' "'No,' 
We'll find it out sooner or later, and I don't want his father to worry more than he has to. He has hard work at the mill, and I like his evenings to be as free from care as possible. That's just like a woman, growled the mariner to himself. They take more than their share of the burdens that the men and boys ought to bear, but never mind, I'll get Bob yet, and when I do, I'll make a man of him or know the reason why. He'll find it much different on board ship from what he has here in this quiet little village. Bob was unconscious of what fate had in store for him. End of chapter 4